Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, long-term care insurance plans do two things really well. Number one, they are by far the most efficient way to pay for care. And, you know, and that goes without question because what we're doing is we're getting discounted dollars, we're getting tax-free dollars that we can use in a time of need. They provide immediate leverage on your money, meaning that you're basically paying pennies for a dollar of care instead of a dollar for care, or even worse, a dollar twenty-five for a dollar of care because you've got to convert an asset. And that's where the tax savings come in because remember that assets don't pay for care, income pays for care. So the advantages of having long-term care insurance is that we have this defined bucket of money that we bought at a great discount. That money comes back to us tax-free. It prevents us from having to go out and sell assets at full price and pay taxes on any of the gains on that. So you also get guarantees that you can't get from investments or anything else. You can even savings account. We we can guarantee that the money's not going to go down, but we just can't guarantee a growth or a return where in a long-term care plan, you can put an inflation rider that says, hey, my $10,000 a month benefit today is going to be worth $20,000 a month, 24 years down the road. And we know that for a fact. So again, leverage tax savings guarantees. That's what long-term care insurance does really well on the funding side. The second thing that long-term care insurance do really well is to make sure your care is managed in a time of need. And there are several steps to this process. Number one, getting a plan of care completed, which covers the scope and the level of care. So this is where I think a lot of people just, they don't think about long-term care outside of the fact that I have enough money, it's okay. But really, who do you call in that time of need? How do you get that plan of care? And again, the plan of care just really says, hey, this is the scope of care that you need. This is the level of services that you need. And it defines that for you. The second point of this, I'm managing a care situation, is finding the appropriate professionals to provide that care in your home or finding the best option for you if you need to move out of your home and you know, say an assisted living or a special memory clinic, what is the right place for your journey if you have to move out of your home? And lastly, managing and monitoring the care that you are receiving on an ongoing basis. Okay, and this this includes simple things like people don't think about, like Medicare reimbursements. Um, you know, my grandmother was in claim. She was in assisted living for f- five years, basically, but she used her Medicare a lot. You know, she fell, she had accidents. You know, if you fall, you break your hip bust out that Medicare card. Well, what does Medicare pay for? Well, Medicare by law is the first record uh, or first payer on record for acute care. And so when we have long-term care that's paying for our custodial care, we also have these claim specialists that will help manage and make sure that Medicare is paying what they're supposed to be paying for. So having a long-term care insurance plan in place, you are making sure that your care is funded and you're making sure that it is managed in a time of need. Now, this second point is where I want to spend some time today. And without question, it's the most misunderstood part of an extended care situation. Again, most people just think about money. I have enough money. I don't have to worry about it. You hear that from financial advisors, from CPAs, from attorneys. But this is the issue that I think we're going to just really dig into today. Who are you going to call? When you end up in a long-term care situation, what happens? Who is actually going to step in and solve that problem for you? And I will tell you right out of the gate, it is not your money. Your, your banker, your financial advisor, your money itself is not going to solve this problem. So before we get into this, I'm going to take you back to 1977 for a moment. In fact, it was January 1977. I was nine years old, actually like a little over nine and a half. Remember when you're like nine or ten, you're like, oh, my birthday was in May. So I was, I was really nine and a half. Um, but that's the year that our house caught on fire. And I'm pretty sure it was a Wednesday night because I think my mom was out at a potluck dinner at church. So she left my older brother who had just turned 12 in January, um, just so brand new January 10th, he turned 12. My younger brother, who was just four months old at the time, my mom left us with my father under the watchful eye of my father, who 
when I do the math, my dad would have been 31 at that time, <laughs> which makes me laugh because I didn't have my first child until I was 36. So anyway, go back to this January 1977. It was cold, like zero degree cold. I grew up in the San Luis Valley, which is a high mountain valley down in southern Colorado. Elevation's about 7,800 feet, and we're surrounded by these 14,000-foot mountains. So the kind of cool air settles in there, and it's usually very cold in the winter there. But we were all fed. My baby brother was asleep in his crib downstairs. His room was adjacent to the living room. My brother, my dad, and I were glued to the boob tube deep in the middle of an episode of Six Million Dollar Man or Bionic Woman or something. I mean, remember those shows? I will tell you, as a, as a nine-year-old kid, I would have cut off all of my limbs for bionic parts. I just thought it was so cool, and especially the, like the bionic eye and the, and the hearing, being able to hear people across the playground. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But anyway, we were all downstairs watching you know, TV, and earlier that fall, we had put a wood stove in upstairs where my brother and I slept. Now, at that time, this is just a big square house, and it was mostly just one big room upstairs. There was like kind of an unfinished bedroom on one end that didn't have a door, but it was just one big room that we shared. It had tile floors. There was no insulation, uh, single-pane windows, and, I mean, it was cold in the winter. It was really cold. So this wood stove was a huge difference maker for us. We finally were able to have a reliable heat source up there through the winter. Well, back downstairs in front of the boob tube, it seemed to be getting a little bit warm in the house. And so we're all sitting there watching TV, and it's just getting warmer and warmer and warmer. And my dad kept asking one of us to go upstairs and check the wood stove because he thought we left it on high. So he said, you know, go up there and turn that thing down. It's just too dang hot in here. And we stalled, and my brother and I argued about it, and we kept putting it off and saying, we'll do it the next commercial. So we did that a couple of times. And as the temperature in the living room increased, I mean, it was getting hot. I still remember this. And eventually, the TV just went to fuzz. We, we lost reception on the TV. And that's when my dad just piked up off the couch. He was laying down. He just had a white T-shirt on. And he was just drenched in sweat. His forehead was sweating. He looked over at me, and he pointed his finger. He said, Brian, go upstairs and turn that wood stove down now. So I got up. And as soon as I stood up, I realized, wow, it is really hot in here. And I ran through the kitchen, and on the backside of the kitchen, we had a stairwell that had a pocket door on it. And that stairwell just went right up behind, like, the sink and stuff. And so I ran over there, and I grabbed the handle to the door. And it was so hot when I opened it up that it literally burned my fingers. And I opened that door up, and all I did was scream my dad's name. I was just like, Dad, as loud as I could scream. And, you know, it turns out we were literally watching TV in a broiler at that point. My dad ran over and looked up the stairwell, and it was just full of orange flames. The stairwells, we just had wood paneling in this house, that old dry wood paneling, so all of that was on, on fire, just solid orange flames. So my dad runs back through the house, grabs my little brother out of the crib. We run to the kitchen door, grab our coats that were hanging in there, and we all run outside. And by the time we got outside, you could just see. That, that, I mean, the, the roof, the flames were coming out of the roof at that point. The, the couple of the windows were already broken out. And it was just a full-on roaring fire. And so, you know, we're standing out there. We're like, uh-oh, this is not good, right? And then the fire department shows up within a minute because somebody had already, like our neighbor, had seen the flames and had called the fire department. They didn't think anybody was home. So it was just a mess. I mean, the house was literally burned out. Our TV had gone blank. That's the only thing that really got us up off the couch, which we were lucky, I guess. But fast forward a couple days now. We That night, we ended up moving in with my uncle, uh, my uncle Denny, my dad's brother. And so after a couple days, we finally got to go back and see the house, and it was a sad sight. The roof was gone. The upstairs was just gutted. I mean, it was just opened up to the elements. The windows were out upstairs. A couple of the windows were broken out downstairs. The entire house is pretty much destroyed, and what was left of it was just covered with icicles, and there was water damage and smoke damage, and I mean, it was just really pretty much a mess. So remember, the San Luis Valley, where I grew up, you know, they consistently had temperatures below zero degrees. A lot of times, we would be well below freezing for a high temperature, you know, maybe start out at 10, 20, 30 below zero, and maybe get up to zero degrees for a high. So that's the kind of cold it was, and so this house was just in cased in this ice and i remember when they fought the fire the fire department literally went down took a chainsaw and cut a hole in this lake that was just down at the end of our property and pumped water out of that so that's how cold it was but anyway you know my parents were looking at this and it was just a disaster and so 
you know, what do you do? My mom went through the house. She was trying to salvage what she could. Like she had a wedding dress and stuff in a cedar chest. Well, that cedar chest had had water and smoke damage and everything inside smelled smoky. But, you know, it didn't burn up at least. But my brother and I lost everything. We lost our toys. We lost our trophies. We lost all of our school books, our yearbooks, all of that stuff. So step one was to salvage what we could, which wasn't much. Well, let's go to step two now. So there we are, a family without a house. How do you rebuild that house and how do you figure out everything that needs to be done and in what order? What do you do with the old structure and the appliances? Do you need a permit for that? Who do you contact? Is that the county? Is that the state? How do you find somebody to rebuild your home? Can they rebuild it in the middle of winter there or are we going to have to wait till summer, which was the case for us? How much is it going to cost? How do you know that the price that they are charging you is a fair price? Are they the right people for the job? Does that contractor have the ability to handle everything like electrical and plumbing and the interior finishes and put the landscaping back together that was destroyed by the fire trucks? What can that person actually do and how do we know that that's the right person? How do we pick out the carpet and the floor coverings that we want and get the house painted the color that we want? So what about insulation? What about windows? Are there new building codes? I mean, this was a really old house, so you got a lot of stuff to try to figure out. And we can go on and on about the complexity of this, but what I want to know, let you know is that, you know, my parents would have to figure that out on their own if they didn't have help. And unless you have a background as a home builder and you understand permitting and regulatory environment, you're probably not going to be able to figure it out on your own. But guess what? My parents didn't have to do that because they had insurance. The insurance company showed up, and instead of just giving them a check, they actually went to work and got that house rebuilt. And think about that. If they would have just showed up and said, yeah, ooh, that house is burnt. Okay, here's a check. Here's your insurance coverage. And hand it to my parents and drive away. Think of all the problems we would have had. Think of the complexity to right that situation. And fortunately, the insurance companies don't do that, right? They provide that team of professionals. They know how to get the old structure torn down, how to get the permits, how to get that house rebuilt, and let us go on with our lives. And that's really my point of this. What we're going to talk a little bit today is having long-term care insurance does the same thing. Yes, it's going to provide money to pay for that care. My parents had homeowner's insurance, which paid to rebuild the house. But more importantly, it provided that team of professionals to help manage help mitigate the actual situation. And in long-term care, that's managing your care. Make sure your care is funded. Make sure your care is managed in a time of need. I'm going to speak a little bit about this when we return, but I've got to squeeze in my first break. So stick around. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you reposition some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. 
But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and we're back to Long-Term Care Radio and the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. And by the way, if you're new, you can always subscribe and um, download any of the podcasts at 525longtermcare.com. And you can also uh, sign up for one of our upcoming classes. We have a couple classes that are live every month. They're just a live webinar format. Our classes this month, coming up next month, are going to be the same dates we had last month. So they're going to be on the 11th and the 16th. So that's a Saturday and a Thursday, a Saturday morning, and a Thursday afternoon. So look for those on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And you can just, again, the classes are free, but just a great way to kind of get started and understand kind of what the options are and what we do out there. Now, let's move this discussion today over to extended care events. I wanted to tell you that story about the house burning down because it was a real event, and it took months. We literally didn't get moved back into that house until late summer, like July of that year. So it took them that long to rebuild it. And my point is, is that situations can happen very quickly and they can become very complex very quickly. And long-term care is no different. A lot of people just think if they have enough money, there's no need for long-term care insurance. They can cover their bills that come in. And I say that because that's really what the discussion has been pushed towards. And we see that from a lot of people, a lot of advisors, a lot of attorneys, a lot of CPA. It's usually phrased something like, I think you have enough money, you'll probably be okay. Like money's the only thing. However, I think the most overlooked advantage of having long-term care insurance is that claim support. The people who speak the language and know how to navigate the situation. Just like the insurance company that was taking care of our house. They knew how to get the permits, knew how to get a contractor, knew how to get that house rebuilt and make sure it was done efficiently in a timely manner and that we weren't overpaying. Okay, so that's what they provide. Well, long-term care insurance plans offer similar benefits. It's because the insurance companies have trained professionals that understand the process and what it takes to get you the level of care that you need from the right people in the setting that you choose. Now, let's talk about the process and what happens when you end up in a long-term care situation. First off, your need from care could be very sudden, like an accident or having a massive stroke. Or it could be a drawn-out process, like entering into a cognitive situation where you're just declining over a period of years. But regardless, when you enter a long-term care situation, there's going to be certain steps that are going to have to take place. When a person enters into an extended care situation, the first step is developing a plan of care. A plan of care is simply a written explanation of the services and the types of care and the amount of care you need to get through the day. Could be a few hours a day, a couple days a week, or it could be 24-7 care. Could include help with activities of daily living, the transferring, bathing, dressing, all those things, meal preparation. Or it could just be standby assistance due to a cognitive impairment. It might include therapy, speech therapy, medication management. It might include housekeeping support, meal preparation, getting you to and from doctors. The bottom line is the plan of care summarizes the help that you need for your particular situation. How do you get that plan of care? Who does that for you? Are better insurance companies actually, like on the, the, the companies that have that concierge claim support, will actually help you and your family work with the caregivers to get that plan of care. They understand what it needs, what it needs to say, what it needs to be, and they will work with you and your medical professionals and your doctor because really your doctor is the one that's pointing this out saying, hey, I want you to have four hours of physical therapy this week or whatever it is. So that's your plan of care. Once we have that plan of care, The next step is going to be coordinating that care. So now we're talking about care coordination. So if I need therapy care, I need some skilled medical care, I need some custodial care, I need home health aid, I need transportation services, well, 
you don't call a doctor and just say, this is what I need you to do. I need you to administer this medication, do some physical therapy, do my laundry, and oh, take me to the doctor. No, you're going to use different people for those different levels of services. And so that's where the care coordinators come in. So if I have complex care needs, I'm going to have a coordinator that comes in and says, this is the group that's going to come do the physical therapy. These are the people that are going to come and do the light housekeeping. This is the person that's going to be there to provide that custodial care, whatever it is. They're going to coordinate that care for you. Different agencies offer different levels of services, and different facilities specialize in different levels of care. So I've got a a very dear friend right now whose mother-in-law is is being pushed out of an assisted living facility because of a cognitive impairment. So she's got to go to a special memory clinic because they cannot handle her needs. And so that's what we're talking about, care coordinating. What is the level of care that you need? How do we coordinate that? Now, we get calls every month from people who don't have insurance, and they're looking for help finding care for a loved one, right? They hear long-term care radio. They hear about long-term care. They want to call us. That's not what we do, but we can guide them to some some resources out there. But it's very challenging if you don't have insurance because you're left on your own to try to figure that out. Once you have that a plan of care in place and you have coordinated the care, the next part of that journey is going to be the ongoing case management. Case managers will oversee your care that you're getting. They're going to make sure that it's meeting your doctor's requirements and it's meeting your needs. As you can imagine, as people age through their long-term care journey, often the need for care changes. You might start out having somebody come in a few hours a day, a couple days a week. It might turn out to be seven days a week. It might eventually require that you move to an assisted living facility. So as your needs progress, that's what that case manager is going to look at and make sure that we're getting that right level of care that's meeting you know your need requirements, so to speak. Now, especially on these reimbursement policies, which are the vast majority of long-term care policies, what they do is they have an additional service out there, which is really what I call it with their claim support. It's kind of an audit trail. What these people are doing is they're looking at that bill that's coming in every month and they say, hey, you're being charged for 16 hours of physical therapy. We're going to cross-reference this. Your plan of care only calls for eight. What's going on? They're going to reach out to those providers and find out, oh, did the doctor change that? Or was that just a billing mistake? So again, we have this kind of audit trail to make sure you're not getting charged 16 hours for grocery shopping, things like that. So that's kind of built into the claim support. And a lot of people think, oh, well, the paperwork's got to be turned into the insurance company. Well, you're not doing that. The people that are providing the care for you, the assisted living facility, that home health care agency is providing that billing to the insurance company. And they're taking all the paperwork burden off of your shoulders and your family's shoulders. So claim support is very important. They can also verify any acute charges that should be paid by Medicare. And that's something that is very important. Again, watching my grandmother go through this, you're going to be using your Medicare for the rest of your life. And so the idea is I have X amount of dollars a month to use for my long-term care journey, which is your custodial care. That's what we want to use that money for. And if it's above and beyond what Medicare will pay for for physical therapy. Well, then you can use your long-term care for that as well, too. But we're trying to preserve your long-term care so that you can use that as to improve your quality of life. So the big takeaway is that your money by itself is not going to provide that long-term care plan of care, the care coordination, the case management. You're going to have to have somebody do that. And one of the biggest sad sad points, statistics in this country is half of Americans use their family members for 100% of their long-term care. So if you've got your daughter taking care of you as an adult, guess what? She now becomes your care manager, your case manager, your claim specialist, everything, right? She has to do it all because she's providing that care for you. Well, most people aren't trained in that. They don't know the most efficient way to do that. And it's a heck of a burden to pass on to our loved ones. You're still in control, just like my parents. When we rebuilt our house, they went out and picked out their carpet that they wanted. In fact, I still remember that was one of the coolest things ever because we didn't have carpet in our room upstairs, and now we got carpet. And my brother and I each got to pick out carpet because they built two bedrooms up there. So you're still in control of who you use and what you do with long-term care journeys. It's just that you have this team of professionals that are going to help guide you and help make sure that you get the care that you need. Now, I got to take a quick break for news, but stick around when I come back. I want to introduce you to Gina and show you how we used an existing annuity and a 1035 exchange to fund an asset-based plan with concierge-level claim support. We'll be right back. 
Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. Again, we have a couple of live classes coming up here next month. We're going to be in March, believe it or not, the 11th and the 16th. Again, the first one is a Saturday morning, and the second one on Thursday the 16th, that's in an afternoon. I kick that off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, West Coast time. So depending where you're at in the country, just work backwards. And the um, Saturday morning one kicks off at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And again, those classes are free. And while you're there, sign up for our podcast. We'll get notification when we put out a new uh, long-term care radio podcast, which comes out every week. Now, at the bottom of the hour after the news, I always bring you our client of the week. And this week, I've got Gina, who is 68. She's single. Gina actually just lost her husband last year, and she is she was a caregiver for him. So long-term care was pretty fresh on her palate. She was told by her financial advisor that she probably had enough money to self-insure, but she heard about our podcast. She's been listening for a while. She was a long-term care provider for her husband, a caregiver. And she said, you know what, I just want to look at my options out there. She is a mother of two, and she has three grandchildren, and she does not want her kids to have to manage her care. And again, her firsthand experience is just really, you know, that's the lens she's looking through with her husband, what she went through. And she says, I know how much time and effort that took mentally, physically. I don't want my kids to have to do that. Her concerns being a dependent on somebody else. She just didn't want to do that. She wanted to stay in control of her own care situation without relying on her family members or you know, being a burden on them, so to speak. Um, she really wants to just confirm, you know, again, her financial advisor said, I probably have enough money to pay for long-term care, but she's like, well, what does that mean? Probably. I don't, I don't know what that means. How much does she need to set aside in that situation? And this is always the thing I, I say, if your advisor is, is telling you, you're probably okay. You have enough assets, you can just self-insure long-term care. Well, they might be right. There's no doubt about that. But there's a better way to do it. And one of the questions you can just always push right back to them is like, well, how much money should I set aside for long-term care and where should I put that money? What kind of guarantees am I going to have on it? And start having that discussion. Because again, the idea of a long-term care insurance plan is that it provides guarantees that I can't get anywhere else. So also one of her big concerns is that you know she, she didn't want to be a burden on her family, but she didn't also want to be handcuffed to not being able to spend money in retirement. She wanted to be able to travel and go out and see her grandkids and do things like that as well too. When we started talking about Gina, we found out a couple things about her. She was in okay shape. I mean, honestly, she was a caregiver that took a toll on her health, which it usually does. She had high blood pressure. She had some minor back issues. She had been treated um, for, she had a knee replaced a couple years ago. She was out of physical therapy on that now. So she was doing, doing good now, but she was in, you know, okay shape. She, her weight was a little heavy. She needed to lose some weight. So again, she was working on that. Um, Gina owned her home free and clear. She was hoping to age in place for as long as possible. That was her initial thought right now. She wasn't closed off to move into an assisted living facility or continuing care retirement center or something like that. But for the time being, she said, you know, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'd like to stay in my house for as long as I'm physically able to. And again, traveling was a big question for her. She wanted to go out and see her grandchildren because they were not close to her. And so she said, I want to be a bigger part of their life now that, you know, her husband has passed away. She hopefully will have more time to travel. Her main source of income was pension and Social Security, which covered her expenses. So she had a lifetime pension and she had Social Security. So that wasn't going to go away. She had a modest retirement account and some savings and a deferred annuity. So when I start looking at the assets, okay, I look at income as one thing. So that's your, your what income streams you have coming in. Social Security, number one, okay, and I also have this pension. Well, that was good for her because those were guaranteed. But then when I look at her assets, that's really money that we're going to spend down, right? I'm going to use my assets for a roof, for a new car, for whatever I need. 
And I was honestly surprised that her financial advisor told her that she would be okay um, or probably be okay. You know, she wasn't rich by any means. Gina was comfortable, but she wasn't rich. And she could easily be wiped out in an extended care situation. Remember the name of long-term care, that first word, long. We're not talking about two years or, or two months or six months. We're talking about some of these cases. I mean, there's active claims that are 22 years and going. So we just have to keep that in mind that she was in a situation where, yeah, she could spend through her assets pretty quickly, and then that would be a mess. And so that was something that I just I always look at. And again, if your advisor tells you you're probably okay and they claim to be a fiduciary, have them write that down for you, that self-funding is the most efficient way to pay for long-term care, and have them sign it and put it in your file. I guarantee you they're not going to do it. Here's what she wanted from a plan. She had the pension and Social Security. She said, I'd like a little cushion. I'd like a little cushion over my, my lifetime income because I know I'm always going to have that, but I'd like some additional income so I don't have to spend down my retirement accounts in an you know, untimely event happens. She wanted the comfort to know that she would not have to just drain all of her savings and all of her retirement. She loved the idea of money going back to her estate if she didn't use her long-term care plan. She did not want to make ongoing payments if she could avoid that. So again, most traditional plans, when people think of long-term care insurance, it's like the boat payment without the boat, right? We're just making those annual payments. She said, I would rather try to reposition some of my assets if I can, or just make payments for a few years and not have ongoing payments for the rest of my retirement. So we talked most with her, with Gina, about the claim support. So she had really been pushing me on this. Not all insurance companies offer the same claim support. In fact, a lot of companies, if they give you a cash benefit, they don't really offer any claim support at all. They offer an 800 number that you can call to get your policy turned on, but that's really about it. So when we started talking about this and the different levels of service, she said, look, I want the claim support, the highest level. I love that concierge level claim support. I want somebody that can help me manage my situation so that my kids don't have to step in and figure that out. I want somebody that understands what Medicare is going to pay for so I don't have to do the paperwork shovel every month. That's what she really wanted. So those were some of the kind of the hot points for her. Now, what did we end up doing for Gina? Well, we started by looking at our best overall company for claims. There's just no question about that. I have the same policy for myself because Madeline and I, my case manager, we just believe firmly that the insurance is most important when you need it. That's really when it's important, right? And so that claim support has a lot of benefits when you get somebody that's assigned to you that understands the language. And what I mean by that, like our last claim, we had somebody that was diagnosed with ALS. We turned out and called the insurance company. They put a claim specialist in with us, a concierge claim support person that had a brother that had gone through ALS. So she was well aware of some of the things that we need to plan for and some of the things we need to ask. And it was just, it made you know such a huge difference in that claim. So we started looking at the asset-based plan for that. Then we looked at funding options. Now for Gina, she wanted to avoid the payments, that ongoing payment, but the problem we had was I'm sitting there looking at her assets. So she did have a retirement account, she had a little bit of savings, and she had that deferred annuity. I ruled out her IRA because, number one, it wasn't that, you know, we could have used it, but it would have used almost all of her IRA to fund up a a long-term care plan. I didn't want to do that. And the other thing is that money can continue to grow tax-deferred for at least another five years because of the SECURE Act. You do not have to take out required minimum distributions till age 73 right now. And within 10 years, that's going to be age 75. So that's going to continue to increase. So she can just leave that money alone. She doesn't need the money. If we pull any money out of that, again, it has to be counted as income. So we just decided we're going to leave the IRA alone. She had some cash savings, but again, not really enough to make a meaningful long-term care plan put in place. And again, the cash savings is something that you want to use in case you know you need to replace your roof or you, your hot water heater blows up or you need a new car, whatever it is. So the last asset that she had that really caught my eye was she had a deferred annuity. Now, because of the Pension Protection Act, you can use what we call a 1035 exchange and transfer gain out of an annuity into long-term care tax-free. This is huge because if you cash out the annuity, annuities work like retirement accounts. You have to pay tax on the gain, but it's a little it's it's what they call last in, first out on a deferred annuity. 
So let's just back up here for a second. Annuity is just a, I mean, it might as well be a four-letter word. It might as well be like lupus or something. I just tell you, people just freak out when they hear annuity. But there's lots of different versions of annuities. Technically, Social Security is annuity. Annuity can be a form of payments. But a deferred annuity is money that we put into an account that's going to grow tax-deferred so that we can use it later. You don't have to annuitize it and turn it into payments. You can take it out as a lump sum. But it grows tax-deferred like your retirement account, meaning that the interest I'm earning on my CD or my savings or my money market account, I have to claim every year and pay tax on that. In a deferred annuity, if I'm earning 5%, which like the three-year and the five-year deferred annuities means they'll, they'll pay a guaranteed rate of 5% for five years. So if you have one of those, what's happening is you're getting 5% compounding interest growing over those five years, but you're not having to claim that interest and pay tax on it. So as long as you let those deferred annuities go and just grow, you're not going to have to pay tax on that gain. But what happens when you go to pull money out of that? Well, the IRS says, okay, you put 100000 into it. It grew to one hundred and fifty. So the first $50,000 you pull out is taxed as income. Then the second, that $100,000 you put into it, that's just a return of principal. So what the 1035 exchange rules did because of the Pension Protection Act said, hey, we can take that annuity – And we can move the gain into a long-term care plan without triggering any taxes. And that is huge. We can do the same thing with whole life insurance, by the way, too. So if you have cash value in life insurance, for instance, you can do the same thing. So this is the advantage of using this deferred annuity. So looking at Gina, we went back and I said, tell me about this annuity that you have. It was $146,000 of value. The cost basis on it was $70,000. So that means if she just went down and, and, and cashed out the annuity and said, I want my money, the IRS would say, well, you've got to pay tax on $76,000 this year. You have to claim that $76,000 because that's the gain in the policy. But because we can use that 1035 exchange rule, we can take that whole $146,000, deposit it with the insurance company, and now she has long-term care and she does not have to claim or pay tax on any of that gain. So that's what we did. And here's really what Gina ended up getting with her her annuity. We took that $146,000, we deposited it to the insurance company. This gives Gina an initial benefit of $4,200 a month tax-free for six years. So that's just a little bit over $300,000 in her bucket of money. So essentially what she did is she took that $146,000 and she just doubled it. She just turned it into $300,000 day one. But this is not a static number, meaning it's not going to just stay the same over time. We actually have an inflation rider on it at 4%. So this is like the savings-based plan where a dollar turns into three, but it's a little bit different. We're going to put a guaranteed compounding growth factor on it. So 10 years down the road, she's going to have about $6,000 a month of benefit for six years. At year 20, she's going to have $8,850 a month. And these numbers are guaranteed. They're not dependent on what's happening with the interest rate environment. We locked in an interest rate growth on this. So what happens is each year her benefit grows. Well, so does her total amount of coverage. So 20 years down the road, that $146,000 has turned into $640,000 of tax-free long-term care. But here's what's unique about this plan. What she's really doing is she's taking her annuity and she's transferring the balance of that money into another annuity and buying long-term care insurance at the same time. So it's a 7702 long-term care insurance plan. That's the same IRS code as a traditional plan or the asset-based plans. Now, what it means is she can pull out the entire balance tax-free. So this deferred annuity that her husband had set up, he actually put $70,000 into it. That $76,000 of gain is going to come out tax-free plus all that additional money, right? She has $640,000 20 years down the road. All 640 of it will come back to her tax-free if she's using it for long-term care. Now, if she lives a nice long life and she doesn't use it, well, guess what? Her kids are going to get the value of that policy back. So up front, out of that $146,000, we carved a little bit of money off that went to long-term care insurance right up front. The rest of it's in this deferred annuity that's growing that has cash value. So if we go out 15 years, and she passes away, well, guess what? 157000 is paid back to the estate. If she lives 20 years, $184,000 is paid back to the estate. Now, let's say that 20 years down the road, so again, she's going to be 88 years old at that point. Let's say she goes on claim for just two years, and she only uses, let's just say, $100,000. Well, the value of that account's one hundred and eighty-four. dollars She only used 100 for long-term care. Well, guess what? 
$84,000 is paid back to the estate. So she's going to get more money back than she put into that plan and she lives you know, out into the future and doesn't use the plan. However, if she needs long-term care, she's got a growing bucket of money that's going to provide her a minimum of six years of coverage. And the nice thing I like about this plan is based on her pension and her Social Security, those numbers are going to increase a little bit over time and so will her long-term care benefit. So we have $4,200 today, but we know that 20 years down the road, she's got over $8,800 a month, and that's $640,000 of tax-free long-term care. And think what it does for her. Again, the, the main reason she took out this particular plan is because she can get that concierge-level claim support. So she now has an 800 number they're going to call. She's going to call. I'm going to call. It doesn't matter. She can turn it on. I can turn it on. Our kids can turn it on. They're going to assign somebody to us. That person is going to be with Gina through her entire journey and understand the language and help her get all those things that she needs, the plan of care, the care coordination. They're going to have case management. They're going to understand how to work with Medicare. That comes with this policy. It also gives her the freedom to go out and live her life, right? Oh, I can probably self-insure. What does that mean? How much money do I have to set aside to self-insure? Well, my financial advisor didn't tell me that. Well, guess what? Go out and live your life now because you know you have a defined growing bucket of money that's going to be there for you regardless. It's guaranteed, just like your pension and your Social Security. So we can add those numbers up and say, yeah, you know what? You're going to be able to pay for a nursing home or you're going to be able to pay for care in your home because we've got this benefit now. And guess what? You can still go take your kids to Disneyland or do whatever you want. So again, just a really, really great policy. It checks all the boxes for her. She doesn't have any ongoing payments. She has growing value in her policy. She's going to get her money back if she doesn't use it. She has the best level of claim support, so her family doesn't have to step into that role for her. And more importantly, she's got a peace of mind. She knows that she's not probably okay. She knows now that she's got a plan that's going to pay benefits for her guaranteed. So I got to take a break here. I always go long in these uh, client of the weeks because I love them so much. So stick around. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Finding a secure investment in this financially volatile time seems tough, but crazy financial times also create smart opportunities. One of these smart opportunities is long-term care insurance from 525 Advisors. If you repositioned some of your savings and got three times your investment in long-term care coverage tax-free and got all your money back if you never used it, wouldn't you at least want to learn more about it? Well, you can. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for their next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn about smart ways to self-insure, including new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free with every dollar back if you never use it. Don't wait until you're older to get long-term care coverage. Look into this opportunity now from 525 Advisors, one that gives you a secure return. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back, and thanks again for uh, sticking around with me. 
you're new to long-term care radio or you just turned your radio on and you came in in the middle of that client a week, I apologize. It's, I know I'm a fast talker. It, there's a new one every week. And the idea is don't get caught up in the numbers. That's not it because it's different for everybody. What I just want you to understand is that when we are designing a plan, we are looking at how do we provide a benefit that's meaningful for your situation, number one. And number two, what's the best way to fund it? That's unique. And for Gina, the 1035 exchange just stood out. It just made the most sense for her. And it is a gift from Uncle Sam. So if you're sitting out there on a deferred annuity or you have some life insurance that has cash value in it, guess what? We can take that. We can move it into a long-term care plan. And if it's a life insurance policy, you're still going to have life insurance. If it's an annuity, you're still going to have tax-deferred growth, just like Gina. She's going to have value growing every year. That policy is going to get bigger and bigger in value. If she doesn't use it, that's the money her estate gets back. So just really a wonderful program. Um, Again, we have two classes coming up, the 11th and the 16th. You're just going to hear me keep talking about these classes. It's kind of the entryway into you know, putting a long-term care plan in place. And so we really believe in education. We've got to educate first. You're going to hear me on this podcast every week. You're not going to hear me talking about particular companies or their particular product because they do not pay me. They do not buy my airtime. They do not sponsor me. I don't allow that because we are truly an independent company. Our job is to help guide you to the best plan that's right for your situation. We believe in education. So many people back in the day went out and bought long-term care policies, the traditional pay-as-you-go. They just simply bought it based on the lowest price, probably because their advisor said, well, here's six companies, and this one's $38 less than anybody else. Okay, we'll go with that one. And there's a lot more to it. There's What kind of services do you want? Do you want that claim support? Are you living with your daughter who's a nurse and your son's a doctor? Well, maybe you don't need that. Maybe you can just do a cash benefit plan. It doesn't matter. It's your situation. We're going to help design that plan that's right for you. Great way to get started is learn through the webinars about what your options are, what the different plans are, what Medicare pays for, what Medicaid pays for, how those programs work, difference between traditional asset-based. That's what we cover in these webinars. And then when you're ready, just reach out to us on our website, click on Get a Plan, and guess what? There's a pre-screen there. We're going to start by the health questionnaires because we want to make sure that you have options and not just submit you to a company and get you turned down. We try to avoid that at all cost. So again, 11th and 16th of next month, and you can also subscribe and download our podcast at 525longtermcare.com. So, you know, what we did for Gina this week and her client of week was just such a good value. Because of her health and basically, you know, where she was at physically, and remember, underwriting is a timestamp. They're looking at where you are today. They're not looking at the fact that you joined a 3010 weight loss and you're going to be 100 pounds lighter next year. Though They're underwriting you today. They're putting you on the scale, so to speak, today. Well, she had some health issues. And if we would have gone out and just tried to buy a traditional plan with that same coverage, she would have been paying over $9,000 a year in premiums, $9,300. And when you look at that, you say, well, she could have taken that annuity and she could have cashed that annuity out and she could have made payments for about 15 years at $9,300. But guess what? She wouldn't have been able to make quite that many payments because she would have had to pay tax on that annuity. And then guess what? She wouldn't have anything left over if she didn't use long-term care, where now she's going to get all of her money back. So when we're looking at these plans and we're trying to design a plan, that is really what you have to wrap your mind around. There's no magic out there. You get what you pay for. And we can inch money in over years but we're going to give something up for that. We're going to give something up for the lower payment, right? It's kind of like leasing or renting. I can get an apartment and not have a mortgage, and maybe that's a little bit less expensive. But guess what? After year after year after year, I don't have anything. Asset-based plans work a little bit differently. We're If we're in a position we can move more money into that insurance company quicker, guess what? We're going to get some additional benefits. We're going to get guarantees like money coming back to the estate that we can't get through a traditional plan. And so that's what's so important about this. When we go in and we really sit down and we're trying to design a plan for you, a lot of people, if you just like, let's just take Gina and let's say that she had pension and social security and that was it, maybe a little bit bigger pension. Maybe her only option at that time would be able to use her existing income, which would be a pay-as-you-go type of plan. So that might have been the only fit. But because she had this deferred annuity and because she had some different assets, we want to look at that and we want to compare what the options are. 
And essentially on these asset-based plans, I mean, think about this. When your financial advisor says, I think you're okay, you can self-insure. Well, you know what they're missing? When someone says that to me, they're telling you point blank that they don't know anything about these asset-based long-term care plans. I mean, yeah, in retrospect, they're relatively new, but they're not that new. I mean, there's been asset-based plans out for 30 years. They just really took off after 2010 because of the Pension Protection Act. But folks, we're still talking 13 years now since that went into effect. So what I see is that financial advisors, when they say something like you probably have enough money, they're just saying, well, I don't really know anything about long-term care insurance. Um, I think it's expensive and it's worthless and I don't have a plan. So I'm not going to go get into the weeds because that's not what I do. And there's a reason for that, right? You have to be licensed. If you sell life insurance, you can't sell long-term care insurance with additional licensing. If you're a financial advisor, you can sell a mutual fund, but you can't sell insurance without an additional license or you have to push that out. So a lot of people just don't know. But if you hear that, always, 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 if you're listening to this podcast, do your own research, be your own advocate, because asset-based plans, simply put, are a better way to self-insure. Gina has that money. She was going to use it in that annuity for long-term care. That would have been the first thing she used. She would just pay some taxes on it. It would have been limited. It was very, very inefficient compared to what she has now. She took it out of one pocket. She put all these features and benefits on it. And now she's got, you know, three, four, five, six times the leverage now down the road that just that annuity would provide by herself. So thanks for your interest. I appreciate you burning another week with me. I'm going to get to work and put another show together. I'll be back next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com.